0: I hope you know I have that on recording now. I'm going to start the I'm just, the podcast has started. Hello, everybody. How are you doing today?
1: Hello. Doing all right. I'm here. Happy insert holiday here.
0: Thank you. I'm happy. We're happy.
1: Today, today is Labor Day. It might not be when you're listening.
0: It almost certainly won't be when they're listening.
1: But... If you're listening to this on Labor Day of 2022, happy Labor Day.
0: Happy Labor Day.
1: And if not, shut up.
0: Okay, that works for me. So
1: what are we doing today, gentlemen?
0: Today, I have no idea what we're doing. All I know is it's called the Adventures of the All Guardsmen Party.
1: That is correct. Sergio, do you know what this is? I do not. Well, I do. This is what I think originated as a four chain green text, judging from the way it's laid out. Oh, boy. It is the story of a dark heresy campaign. For those who do not know, I think it's dark heresy. I'm pretty, I'm assuming it's dark heresy. So. I don't know. It's Only War, not Dark Heresy. This is an Only War campaign, which, for those unaware, is a Warhammer 40,000 RPG system. There are many of those, such as Rogue Traitor and Dark Heresy and Only War and Wrath and Glory. Uh, They all do. They're all obviously different systems. There's a 2D 10 and the yada, yada, yada. I don't know shit about Only War to tell you the truth, but I do know that this is a very funny story.
0: Sounds good. Uh, it is
1: about Yeah. It is about uh in imp- it's an imperial guard based campaign. Mhm. Um continue? Yeah. That's, that's a- what the that's what the system is. It's it's imperial guard based. Oh that's nice. The name. Imperial. All right. All Guardsmen party. I'm trying to find what t- what type of system it is. I can't see what dice type it is. I'm looking. Uh, I can't see it. It's, it's the called fifth only war. game line. It's called only war. It's the fifth fifth game line in the Warhammer forty thousand role play system. Did you know that Warhammer Fantasy originated originated as a role playing game before it was turned into a war game? Huh. That's cool. I mean, that makes sense, of the day. I guess. So. This is the original posters, OP, if you will, his story on his only war campaign.
0: This must have been made in Italian because there's a I'm button assuming, to, to yeah, change there's a big the language to Italian.
1: That says set language to Italian.
0: That's an impressive button. I love that. <clears throat> it's a D100
1: right, system. So- yeah, so it's another two. It looks agenda. like
2: the, the, the first chapter is Darwinian character creation. Yeah, I, I I think because this is broken off into chunks, we should each read a chunk. I agree.
1: There isn't a lot of I don't think there's any dialogue really because it's a telling of a st- like of events.
0: Shall I start like, us off, nah, or should Jacob start yeah. us off? Who Jake-
1: would like I can start us off since this is what I have brought unto the table.
0: All right. Works for me.
1: So without further ado, this is the Adventures of the All Guardsmen Party. Chapter. Who knows One, I guess. It's not really, it's not numbered. So I, I guess I can't really number it. Chapter one. <laughs> Our DM can be a little evil. There's a picture of uh, Caiaphas Kane with a with a little join the army sign up today poster. And he's got the uh, last uh, weekend.
0: The Aquarius is that
1: is that symbol? The Aquarius, did you? That's a constellation. That's
0: that's what it is. (laughs) I knew it wasn't Aquarius,
1: but I that was the only Aquarius. Can't help being an Aquarius. Am I right, guys?
0: Gemini is BTFO.
2: Yeah, if you're a Gemini, stop. I I guess, I guess. Well, Kai isn't here, so I guess so. I guess he got out. Uh, If you're
1: listening to this episode, turn it off. (laughs) <laughs> Gemini my dog is barking that's okay last weekend our group got together for a marathon session to start a new campaign in a new system upon arrival we were all given copies of the only war source books and told to build a regiment then build grunt level characters then make a few backup characters now our DM runs to what we refer to as high mortality games in our several year long D&D games so many PCs died that our GM actually appears on the Hitler scale of death, me- death measurement what? This was written probably a while ago, so (laughs) you know, Hitler scale.
0: Okay, I looked it up.
1: And we were,
0: yeah. Should I read it? Is the Hitler scale real? It is. uh, Hitler (laughs) unit of measurement. One Hitler is a unit of measurement that translates to roughly six million in decimal form. This should be a universally recognized conversion unit, as it can most accurately tell if something is worse than Hitler. For example, Stalin killed around 54 million people, which translates to 8.33 Hitlers. <laughs>
1: <coughs> Hold on, let's let's not read the whole thing. I just want to bring up the, uh... I just want to bring up, Hitler can be used as a normal form of measurement. When the bank charges you a $35, $35 on an overdraft fee, you can go in there and complain that they are screwing you to the tune of... Eighty-five pico Hitler's, or the two thousand eight <laughs> stock market crash lost one point two trillion dollars, which is adjusted to roughly twenty-seven milli Hitler's.
2: <laughs> Joseph, Joseph Stalin's achievements clocked roughly five Hitler's.
0: That's that's pretty. No, they they say it's eight point thirty-three Hitler's right here yeah, in the 8.33 definition. Eight point
2: thirty-three Hitler's. Somebody said, surprise, no one proposed Hitler intensity yet. Hitler, Hitler intensity equals V divided by W. V equals death toll divided by dura- duration of event, while W is Hitler's murders divided by duration of Hitler's reign.
0: Nice.
1: All
2: right. So uh, yeah, 9-11 that <laughs> one, that one takes is a a, 6.28 uh, HIs. Uh, that one takes into
1: account time duration as well as number well this one's just the number the Black Death killed over 100 million people making it 16.66 times worse than Hitler
0: based alright please continue anyways
1: this is in the middle of a sentence and we were all familiar with the with the nature of a guardsman's life so each of us, if I don't think I've actually stated it yet in this episode this is a Warhammer story
0: yes, this is a Warhammer uh, story
1: we're gonna name the up matt are you uploading the episode
0: yeah i am i'm recording okay
1: can you name the episode uh all guardsmen party colon this is a warhammer episode
0: okay sure
1: so each of us made a a bunch of backups and didn't get too attached to any of our characters as we wrote them no special snowflakes here our (laughs) regiment was mustered. Why not catch up? Our characters met and trained, and we were deployed to fight some orcs. We learned the system in a few skirmishes and commiserated when some of our characters rolled poorly or screwed up and bit the dust. Then we were marched out to the trenches, given our piece of the line, and the battle started.
0: Shall I go next?
1: Matthew, you may go ahead.
0: We had expected some sort of priority mission. We'd expected to be the heroes who went in behind the enemy, or were dispatched to save a key position, or led the valiant charge. Instead, we were put in a bloody trench and told to hold the line. The orcs came and we killed them the orcs came again and we killed them the orcs came again and we killed them but now we were low on ammo the orcs came again and some of us died the orcs came again and brought a tank and the rest of us died except for me i ran the first session ended there with our first set of characters dead in the trenches we agreed it was a proper introduction to the life of a 40k guardsman, and got ready for the next day's session, where we expected to finally be sent on our mission. The second session started with us watching my
2: The second session started with us watching my character's execution by the commissar. Then we were put in the same bloody trench and told to hold the line. We did better this time. We actually held out long enough for fresh ammo and reinforcements to come up. But in the end, we died. Then we brought up new characters and did it again in another part of the trenches. Then again. Then again. (laughs) We were rolling up new characters between turns now. Either to bring in as reinforcements or for when we had to start up as a new unit. Very rarely would we survive long enough to be rotated to the rear or take a non fatal entry and get evac. Usually we all died. Finally, in- after three in game days and dozens of character deaths, we were told to charge. Oh no. Jake bitched
1: hard when we heard this. It was a death sentence. Our characters had done well this time. We were all still alive and our ammo levels were good. We knew our squad could have held out much longer in our nice safe trenches. Our DM asked us if we wanted to lodge our complaints in character, so we shut up and charged. We died like animals. Ouch. We, we fought on the left flank of the charge, then on the right, and then got to play our first armored characters in the center. When the charge failed, we played as a basilisk crew covering the retreat. I'm going to pretend that this is popping up on the bottom of the screen. A basilisk is a form of artillery in the 40k universe. Okay. Then our regiment was rotated off the front. Our regiment had lost a third of its strength in that first engagement. Out of dozens of characters, only ten had survived. And five of those were artillery men who never saw the enemy. We were shown the battle map. We were shown where our squads held, squads held or failed. We were shown how our Our charge weakened the enemy for the fresh and much more valuable reserve troops to come up and break them. We were given a summary of the next few months of light skirmishes and mustering. We were then sent into battle against Traitor Guard. What kind of fucking planet has Traitor Guard and orcs? The answer is the video game Dawn of War.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We were taking a city this time, and once again our regiment acted as the cannon fodder. We secured and pushed, and secured and pushed, and died and died and died. We decided we'd take the orcs back any day. At least with them, it was obvious who the enemy was, and their snipers and heavy weapons teams were nothing compared to what we were fighting here. We were higher level this time, and better at the game, but still we died in droves, leaving only a few characters alive when our regiment was stood down while a veteran regiment took the lead. Once again, we got to see the nice little map of our progress. And we all got a warm, fuzzy feeling when he showed us how our stubborn defense of one building had crippled an enemy advance. But we were exhausted. Our DM pressed us to play fast and make new characters faster. We would roll up little Jimmy, who lied about his aides, to enlist. Then have him bleeding out in a pile of rubble within minutes. It drained us. We were actually glad to take the evening off from playing to just watch movies and hang out.
2: Sergio. The final d- day of our marathon started with more orcs, but this time we won. That's not to say we didn't die like frogs in a blender, but we damn well won. We pushed them out of their barricades and hounded them across the plains where they routed. I played a gunner and a salamander uh, during the chase. We mowed down the green skins like ugly bright blades of grass. We partied like champs in the tiny redneck town we liberated, then settled in for a few months, a boring gay- garrison dude, before we get redeployed. Then we fought some tyranids. It was only a splinter fleece, we actually had a chance, but it was hell. Our regiment was defending an evac point of some grassy agri-world, and it was trench work again. We burned off the grass to clear lines of fire, dug ourselves into rich soil, setting up the heavy weapons, and watched the edge burn of edge of the burn area like hawks trigger happy hawks as it turned out as we wound up falling failing a spot check and killing the first few retreating pdf to come through the grass when the tyranids came it was ridiculous we mowed down wave after wave of Gaunts, but unlike orcs tyranids don't lose morale and break they just keep coming as fast as you can kill them we stopped using actual dice for a while just so we could roll combat faster
1: jacob imagine giving up on dice <laughs> yeah get the random number generator, bro. The bastards in command had decided to do a collapsing defense, which meant we fought until the front trench was collapsing, then they shelled the bejesus out of us while we retreated. We lost something like 20 PCs to our own gram shells, But it really did work pretty well, at least until we ran out of ground to give. All the civvies were out, it was just a few regiments of guard crammed into a spaceport completely surrounded by the swarm. We were killing them off as fast as possible and hoping that either reinforcements or evac would come down before ammo ran out. Things started to get bad when the higher forms of Tyranid started appearing. Constant gargoyles are bad enough. But when it was the warrior, but it was when the warriors showed up that we actually actually that we started taking serious casualties. The evac shuttles had started to ferry men up, and we actually when we had some actual air support. Unfortunately, our regiment was going to be in the rear guard. The end was in sight, and morale was holding up well. Right, uh, right up until we encountered a lictor brood. Then all. I can't fucking read anymore. Read. I would do it at the start. Then things started to fall apart. I hate lictors. I bloody hate them. We played three backline squads in a row and each one was torn to sh- bloody shreds by the sneaky bastards, all without us landing a kill. We started the route, but our commissar and his guards went into the breach, killed one of them, and shouted the regiment back into position.
0: Our evac finally came and what was left of our regiment started the final retreat. There were a few valiant last stands, but most of us managed to get to the shuttles. Our final squad had just boarded and was taking off when the air interdiction broke down and Tyranid air units started attacking the shuttles. We were equal parts pissed and terrified as our DM described shuttle after shuttle being destroyed. The regimental commander's bird was nailed early. So were the bigger shuttles with the vehicles. He didn't say who was in most of the other shuttles, just rolled his dice and removed them from the board as they fell. It was heartbreaking. Finally, there was only a single shuttle left. Even though the Tyranid flyers swarmed it, none of their shots seemed to hit, and it started to climb out of the atmosphere. And then it was away. The flyers broke off, and that single shuttle was headed for its fleet transport. Free
2: and clear. Sergio? We formed up after a bit Wrong one. of no. waiting. No, oh, one
1: above. One above.
2: Oh, Inside. Okay. Inside the shuttle, our last set of characters were trying to figure out what the hell was going on. There were about 50 guardsmen crammed into a 20-man shuttle. No one was telling us anything. We all heard the Tyranid flyers attacking, and everyone felt it when we hit space. The guardsmen close to their cockpit relayed what they could overhear from the pilot's radio, so everyone knew the other shuttles had been attacked, so no one was sure exactly what happened. In any case, we were all happy to be alive, and were looking forward to getting off of the crowded shuttle. Then, the shuttle stopped. The guardsmen near the cockpit told us we were being redirected to a different uh, transport, and the pilots did not look happy. When the shuttle docked, everyone piled out, and we found ourselves in a completely empty loading bay. An order came via the speaker system to form up by rank for inspection. And at this point, our GM gave us a list of the guardsmen who were on the shuttle. Every single character who had survived the battle had been on the shuttle, along with a few other grunts. All 37 of our beloved guardsmen had lived, with the exception of the artillery crew we played. But screw those guys. Team killing jerks.
1: We formed up, and after a bit of waiting, the doors opened, and then a few squads of stormtroopers marched in and instructed us to drop our weapons. There was a bit of argument at this, on this point, until the, until the captain of the stormtroopers pulled out an inquisitorial rosette and told us we were currently guests of the Ordo Xenos. After we were done pissing ourselves and disarming, an acolyte and a team of Medicaid entered. We were informed that our regiment had been disbanded, we were officially dead, and we would all be subject to a scan for gene stealer infection. At this point, our GM, our DM, our GM, how dare I, ended the session. We were each handed copies of the, the Dark Heresy Core Book, a list of our surviving guardsmen with, all, this fill, with all, all the filler grunts crossed off, and we were told to pick our characters for the next game. So yeah, that's how our DM does backstories.
0: That's really cool, actually. I'm gonna steal that. Yeah, at I,
1: some I point.
2: yeah, I really like that.
1: Just an absolute fucking slaughter fest. How are you guys enjoying it so far? I,
2: I think this It's really a like very it, cool if, idea. I like if, this. If, it feels like a military life. journal.
0: I think the um the first part that's a really interesting setup. I don't know if you should it would be you'd have to get the right group of people to really enjoy that because that could feel very sloggish in some ways i think the battle map was a good idea because if you don't have see, the battle I, map it doesn't feel like you're doing a damn thing
2: see i i see i i think that he basically what put them through guardsman simulator yes. yes of dying and dying and dying and then more and more and more will take your pl- i i think It's very clear that they're, they're like, big Warhammer fans, because clearly I think they caught on to, oh, he's going to let us infinitely respawn. Right. Mm -hmm.
1: I mean, I feel like he did warn them in advance to make the extra characters, so I think it's... Wow, Matt, how unprofessional of you getting an email? Yep. Here, hold on. Let me message you on Steam to make it worse.
0: Oh, my God, no. If you do, it's going to make the noise. (laughs) It's gonna do it. Don't you do it. Okay,
1: you're not online. I can't do it. You're oh, lucky. Thank God.
0: You son of a bitch. Oh yeah, my God. I no. feel
1: like this Why wouldn't Discord work oh. with our group.
0: I think it but... would work with our group if we were upfront about the fact that this is going to be a very different kind of campaign. Because particularly if it was Nick, I think Nick would very much dislike it if he wasn't told... Yeah, you're just going to, we're going to cycle through the Guardsmen. Like, this is Guardsmen Simulator. hmm I think
1: Nick would still be kind of frustrated about it. Potentially. But that's just kind of the, the nature of death in campaign. Some people just get more frustrated than others. I think, though, with Nick, if he was told how it would go, then it wouldn't be that
0: big of a deal. This is definitely something where you need to have the right group With the right mentality to do it Because if you don't, it's just not It ain't going to fly very well But overall, I think this is a Great idea, it sounds like it was Executed very well
1: Mm -hmm. And
0: uh, shall we get on to the next one?
1: No, pause the recording, I have to go get a pizza Okay, sounds good Then we can continue on to the next one Welcome back from the break There was probably no break for you But I had to go get a pizza so there was a break for me. And I got Cheetos. This is true. So you got water. Let us continue. No, I got a...
2: I got a sh- zero sugar verner.
1: Damn, bro. Um, I was going to say what the fuck is verner's, but then I remember what verner's was. Sick. All right. Chapter two. Guardsmen and pilgrims. I read the last one. So, Matthew, would you like to read this one?
0: I would love to. Hmm. Give you a chance to eat that next slice of pizza, too. That's true. The image is an recruitment, a recruitment picture. I want you for the Imperial Inquisition.
1: It's just funny because they don't recruit. You don't don't get recruited. They come to you.
0: Yes, they induct you. It's not an
1: option. (laughs) Yeah. You last time. Parents, take
0: you. Yes. Last time the surviving remnants of a regiment of imperial guard found themselves the guests of Ordos Xenos. Several guardsmen were found to be harboring gene-stealer infections and were purged, but the remainder were given the opportunity to continue to serve the Imperium as soldiers of the Inquisition. No shit. There we were. 37 guardsmen who had just graduated the Darwin School of Veterancy on an Inquisition ship getting told that our lives would now consist of hanging out with just about the scariest people in the entire Imperium and doing whatever it was that they told us to do.
1: I'm pretty sure that's the canonical way to become a guardsman veteran, is to survive your first battle. <laughs> because they die in like in Every such battle, large quantities on mass. Yeah. That if you survive, you are a veteran.
0: Serving in the Inquisition is not a very normal job. As in, there's no way of knowing how things are going to work or what you'll have to do. Inquisitors have tons of leeway in how they do things. So each one runs their team in their own unique way. You might get an Inquisitor who likes to travel around following rumors and hanging out with heroes of the Imperium. And it's your job to act as the cavalry when they get into trouble. You might get an Inquisitor who is really, really into research and winds up spending all of your time guarding an incredibly disturbing science facility.
1: That one would be Sergio.
0: Yes. You may even get an Inquisitor who hangs out playing psychic nursemaid to a band of spies and end up being used as a meat suit by your boss when he feels a personal touch is needed. Perhaps even getting the Inquisitorial equivalent of a Pokemon trainer. (laughs) And then the next image.
1: That psychic meat suit one is actually in one of the books that I read. I won't say which one in case you or Sergio wants to read them. One of the many 40k books I've read. That happens. Okay.
0: I love how the next image is a uh, Professor Oak saying "Welcome to the
2: Inquisition." That's and he's some in great... a
1: fucking—he's in an Inquisitor's hat.
2: Yes, Sergio, that's a Would you like role. to pick up? Yes. Pokemon trainer isn't the best way to put it. Pokemon professor might be better. Our Inquisitor collected teams from across the sector and handed them out to interrogators who needed to get their feet wet leading a team. This was actually a pretty important role. Not every Inquisitor has the time or men to spare when an apprentice interrogator is ready to move on. So they would get sent to our boss. He would set up with them up with a team and mission, keep an eye on how they did. He had a real name, but we all called him... Professor Oak. Oak had a fair number of recruitment teams that wandered around looking for fresh meat, easy meat. Easy one meat. of one of which was hanging around our battle, checking for gene stealers and drafting guardsmen who wouldn't be missed. We got packed up and sent along to Oak's mobile base of operations, and got put through a crash course in being an Inquisition goon squad. Then we got split into squads of five or six, partnered up with some combat light teams, and handed out to Dewey interrogators, like the 40k equivalent of a Bulbasaur. We were playing as the
1: Guardsmen, everyone else was handled by the DM. Each team was filled out by ten ten other classes leaning towards the non-combat side. So more adepts, psychers, and tech priests in the other classes. There was some of everything in each group as well as the interrogator who could be pretty much anything. If I, if we ever do a campaign for 40k that I don't host, I want to play as a tech priest who got mixed up in the assembly line and is actually a Skitari.
0: That would be so really he, funny.
1: So he's just like this fucking like robotic drone idiot. And then somewhere else in the universe, there's a fucking, there's a Skatari Ranger who's like shitting himself from pure fear because they forgot that they were building him to be a fucking tech priest. So he has all of his free will and emotions and he's just like,
0: what the fuck is going on?
1: Anyways, we worked with our DM to split our survivors up into groups. I'm going to burp. Okay. I burped. Thank you. then he tacked on the sheets for our npc associates i'm gonna burp again okay gave us a very vague view of vague overview of what each group's assignment was and asked us which one we wanted to play as the groups we didn't play as would go on they all go on their own missions and the survivors would meet us when we got back on base we chose a squad that was being sent as a t- as a hmm. two part of a two team force to check out some suspected cultist activity in a pilgrim fleet, our roster was consisted. Our roster consisted of five guardsmen, two adepts, a Tech priest, a cleric, a sister of battle, and our interrogator was a former cleric. Green and the, text. There, yeah, there's a yeah. green text that says the all guardsmen party in the pilgrim fleet. <clears throat>
0: Imagine you're a guardsman that's just been recruited. You fought a brutal campaign that wore down your regiment, watched the remainder of that regiment get destroyed by tyrannids. Then you find yourself in the hands of the Inquisition. Then the Inquisition purges a few of your buddies, gives you an offer you can't refuse, ships you through the warp, and dumps you into a really creepy boot camp. Finally, they split you and your remaining buddies up into squads to introduce your squad to some weird-looking guy who seems far too, far too, far too excited to see you and tell you to do everything he says. Now, you're hanging out in a bunch of passenger cabins on a navy ship, going emperor knows where with a few of your buddies, an interrogator, three nerds, one of which is more metal than meat, a priest, and a psychotic blonde bombshell, wearing armor that's probably worth more than all of your squad's gear combined. We were slightly weirded out. Our merry band consisted of a cynic, a nervous med student, a lazy bastard, a shameless thief, and a paranoid by the names of Sarge, Doc, Heavy, Nubby, and Twitch. Technically, the others were part of our band as well, but quite frankly, we wanted nothing to do with any of them. With the possible, possible exception of the sister, um, in the
2: hypothetical sense. <clears throat> our Sergio? interrogator and the other... Hey, I'm speaking.
1: I'm working on it!
2: The others spent the entire journey going through the files at Oak... ...had sent along, planning on how they would hunt down the suspected cultists, sorting out who had contacts where, and brushing up on the exact flavor of the Imperial cult that dominated the Pilgrim fleet. We paid just enough attention to establish that we would be on ships the whole time, and that we would not be expected to actually do anything strenuous, unless everything got screwed up. Then we played cards and slept a lot. Some people might say that two months is a long time to play cards and take naps, but those people have never served in the guard, and it wasn't all sack time. Sarge made sure we kept up on our PT and combat drill. Got to stay in shape. By the end of the trip, we were well rested and ready to stretch our legs. Whereas our teammates were wound up like springs and developing new conspiracy theories every few minutes. <laughs> we finally, we find, oh, it's just a regular 40K theories fan. Uh, uh, we finally arrived um, at the Pilgrim fleet, which as we understood, it was a bunch of ships Full of hardcore zealots on their way to a world they considered holier than normal to Sight sightsee, and generally replace the population that an orc Wah had recently removed. They had some sort of deal with the ecclesiarchy to provide extra transports and fleet escorts. And it was basically just an imperial colonization fleet, except everyone was just a teeny bit crazier than usual. They're hanging out in orbit around a high world, refueling, refitting, and gathering more pilgrims. The nerds and nuts, as we called them outside their hearing, were pretty sure that a chaos cult had infiltrated during either this stop or a previous one as planning something very evil. Probably something to do with Gellerfields or Daemons or Plagues or Heresy. We operated on the assumption that they would tell us when they figured out. Anyway, Anyhow, our ship uh, joined the fleet, escort, and a bunch of voxing and li- liaising started. Uh, For the audience... um. Warhammer spells demons, as in the British uh, D-A-E spelling, uh, but we just affectionately refer to them as the daemons.
0: Yes, despite that being somewhat objectively incorrect as far as English pronunciation.
2: Matt, can you pause
1: again real quick?
0: <laughs> I sure can. I gotta go mm. put the dog up so this will pick up.
1: We're back. We're back. We did it. We're, We're back. back. We did it. We did it, Reddit. it. <clears throat> hmm everybody <clears throat> round of applause I hope that came up crispy our job was generally pretty simple we were there to stand guard look menacing and be ready to kick some ass if the boss went somewhere official we'd slap an
0: imperial rosette is that what that is
1: equal, I don't know what that is yes it's yeah it's the uh it's the inquisition badge but it looks it's an an equal sign
0: Close uh, the bracket.
1: bracket, an open bracket, and another equal sign. Which, you know, I Inquisition. Mm-hmm. Badge on and flank him like good little goons. If the boss went somewhere unofficial, we'd left the leave the badge off and slouch a little. Truly we were masters of disguise. Whenever the nerds and nuts took shuttle trips to look up leads or meet contacts, leaves one of us would tag along to watch their back or be on hand in case of emergency. Except for when the sister Visited other sororitas. We weren't invited on those trips for some reason. No boys
2: allowed.
1: No, no boys, boys allowed. allowed. Stinky, stinky, yucky, yucky, stinky. When we weren't on duty, we each had our own little pastimes. Sarge would worry about what insanity our superiors were planning. Well, Doc would read his beginner's guide to medicine and heavy slept. Nubby would wander around looking for small objects no one would miss. He did this while on duty too. And Twitch would obsessively craft tripwire traps and drink recaf. Recaf is coffee. In the Warhammer universe, they call mm-hmm. it caffeine. They call it recaf. It's just coffee. It's not literally just like inject caffeine into the balls, which some people think it is. Twitch and Nubby didn't exactly endear themselves to the locals, but supply and perimeter defense are important parts of being a, a guard. So we didn't mind. I don't know why my brain stuttered on on a. Things were going pretty well for us. No one was shooting at us. or The rations were good. It didn't rain on us when we stood guard and no one outside of our team yelled at us to do stuff. Occasionally, we'd have to make a show of force and beat the shit out of someone who tried to mug one of our nerds, but generally, things were pretty quiet. The most excitement we had in those first few weeks was when our cleric got in a religious debate and Sarge had to pistol whip the the other debater until he put down the flamer.
0: (laughs) Nice. Why would you do that? It says with Jackie Chan in the back, impact font on the front, 2007 looking meme ass. Yeah,
1: compressed looking ass.
0: Eventually, they must have figured something out, because we all rebased to a single pilgrim ship and made ourselves the guests of the captain, while everyone else was running around saying things like, The game is afoot, and we almost have them, and I can practically smell them. Sarge had us gear up and get ready for everything to go ploin shaped The Cavalcade of Screw-Ups started with one of our nerds finding a chaos tome in a collection of holy relics and immediately deciding that it was his inquisitorial duty to find out exactly what flavor of soul-destroying evil it was. By reading it. Unfortunately, triple space, Nubby was currently on babysitting duty and was not experienced enough to know that the correct response to someone doing this to hit them until they stop being stupid. Instead, he called for backup, which is a pretty good response, while he kept the priest who owned the relic collection covered. By the time Backup arrived, the Adept was giggling and speaking backwards. Backup consisted of Heavy and Twitch, as well as, unfortunately, the other Adept and the Cogboy. The two sane-ish nerds decided the correct response here was to try and take the book from the gibbering Adept and started chasing him around the room. Since neither the adepts nor the Tech Priest were very athletic, the chase looked a lot more like a bunch of nerdy kids trying to play tag than Inquisition agents pursuing a heretical artifact. None of us felt comfortable taking the initiative here, so we all just covered the doors and made sure no one entered or exited and stood there watching the demented game of keep away. And then the gibbering adept finished the spell he had apparently been recruiting and a minor demon manifested. Sergio? <clears throat> Sergio?
2: Sergio? Honor, where are you? Uh, the Doom Demon. Uh, we
1: just finished the one with the Jackie Chan meme.
2: Oh, okay, yeah, I was looking at the one above for some reason. Uh, Uh, This gal... He
1: he he, he manifested a demon.
2: Yeah. uh, The Daemon. This galvanized galvanized us nicely, and all three of us started pouring Laz Fire into the thing before it could do anything. Unfortunately, the priest we'd been covering took the chance to run for it. Then the gibbering adept followed him through the open door. Then both our nerds gave chase. Now all four were running through it. A room full of pilgrims. The priest was screaming about heretics and daemons, and the adept was screaming about the glory of chaos, and the nerds were still trying to wrestle the book away. The pilgrims mobbed the abstained adept and tore him and the book apart in seconds, then started chasing the nerds with similar intent. The cog boy apparently took charge and decided not being torn into pieces was the better part of valor. Then he concluded the safest place to hide from a mob of maddened imperial zealots was with the. Tech priests who kept the ship running. The nerds all ran all the way to the ship's engine room with a steadily growing mob at their heels, banging for blood. The tech priest let them in and closed the door behind them, but the mob refused to disperse and settled in to siege them out. Meanwhile, the heroic guardsmen shot down the minor daemon until it stopped moving, and then stomped on it until it stopped being solid. That done, we went to check on the runners and saw the mob chase them out. This was above our pay grade, so we decided to kick the problem upstairs and ford it up while we waited for further orders. Eventually, our cleric and sister arrived with Sergeant Doc in tow, and the boss voxed us all. He gave us our report, and the nerds were voxed and gave theirs. Then the boss gave us our orders. Us guardsmen were secure relics and demonic remains. The nuts were sent to talk to the pilgrim's leadership to get the mob dispersed, and the boss would talk to the captain and get some support sent down. This sounded like a pretty good plan, but at that point, we started to suspect that we were the only competent people on the team. What happened next proved us right.
1: Our interrogator marched up to the captain of an imperial vessel, a man who could trace his family's command of the ship back to the founding of the Sector, and started giving him orders. This did not go over well. While our interrogator was an agent of the Inquisition and had the Rosetta prove it, he was not an Inquisitor, and the captain of an Imperial vessel is generally considered to be second only to the Emperor by their crew. He managed to insult the captain in about six different ways in three sentences, which resulted in him getting his ass turned into the brig until he remembered his manners. The captain then sent us a brief message instructing us to sort out any problems with the cargo without bothering him or his crew. While we were digesting this new development, the Cleric and the Sister got jumped by the cultists we'd been looking for. Luckily, the Sister and the Cleric were heavily armed, incredibly paranoid, and far more level-headed in an emergency than the Nerds were. They fought a retreat to the Sororitas enclave that kept watch over the shipload of pilgrims and dug in. Unfortunately, the only Sisters in this enclave were Hospitalers and some other non-combat orders, so while they could handle a bolter, they weren't suited for breaking out against the besieging cultists. To put it simply, they were stuck they were stuck until help came, just like our adept and cogboy. It was down to us to pull everyone's asses out of the fire and take care of business before things got any worse.
0: So no shit. There we were, a bunch of ordinary guardsmen on a spaceship full of crazy pilgrims and cultists. Our boss was in the brig until the captain was no longer pissed at him, our nerds were trapped behind a mob that wanted to burn them as heretics, our nuts were pinned down by a bunch of actual heretics, and it was our job to fix everything. Sarge took command of the situation and started going through the Imperial Guard NCO disaster response checklist. Step 1. Secure perimeter. Step 2. Determine chain of command. Step 3. Call for backup if necessary. Step 4. Establish contact with friendlies. And Step 5. Combine forces with friendlies and repeat. Step 1 was already done. That perimeter was locked down like nobody's business. There just wasn't anything we actually cared about inside of it. Step 2 was a bit trickier, because we were still in Vox contact with the nerds and nuts, and we didn't trust them to tie their own shoes much less lead an operation. We solved that problem by saying something about Vox interference and reducing the pickup range on our comm beads until we could selectively ignore them. Step three was accomplished by asking the Cogboy to get his admec buddies to send out the contact code for the other interrogator team that was looking at the fleet. Step four was already done as well. We knew exactly where the friendlies were. There was just a bunch of armed cultists and an angry mob between us and them. All that was left was to get cracking on step five.
2: We decided that all things considered the cleric and sister could use our help much more and would provide more help in return, so we went to them first. Also, they were holed up with a bunch of hot nurses as opposed to creepy machine men. Unfortunately, we still had our orders not to let anyone touch the daemon goo or look for evil books. We either had to split up which was stupid or wait for reinforcements, which wouldn't be coming for a while, or use our initiative. So we tossed an incendiary grain into the room, locked all the doors, and went to go rescue some hot nurses. Unsurprisingly, the cultists had set an outer perimeter to keep out any reinforcements. So after we established where they were, we fell back and started looking for other options. Nubby put forward the idea that the Pilgrims seemed inclined to mob heretics, and those were definitely heretics. And why charge a fortified position when you can get someone else to do it for you? So Sarge found the nearest chapel and made a heroic speech about how the hot nuns needed our help, and would probably be really grateful. Suddenly, we had our own hot mob of zealots.
1: They're they're not hot. Authors, no. They're just normal zealots. Indeed. The attack went more or less perfectly. The mob charges in from two directions, and after... After the cultists started mowing them down, we came in third. We cut into their flank like the pros we were, suppressing, advancing, and flushing, at light. and flushing like only a squad of guardsmen can. We then started to hit the cultists covering the Sororitas enclave. The sister and the cleric saw their chance. I missed a word in there at some point, but it's fine. And pushed forward to meet us, crushing the last of the resistance. I'm going to burp. Yep. Unfortunately, the second we rescued the sister... Res- rescued them, the sister and the cleric started giving orders. Command of the zealots was taken from us, and the entire mob was redirected towards the section of the ship where the cults came from. Per force, we tagged along, but none of us were exactly keen to be taking orders again, especially since the sister's plan seemed to be cons- consist of, get them. So while the sister and the cleric led the mob straight into a, into a well-prepared enemy position, we appointed ourselves as the hospitality's guards. Our squad hung around at the rear of the charge and helped the Saner sisters pick up the wounded while we watched for flankers and waited for the shit to hit the fan. We fully expected the mob's suicidal rush to fail. An armed A lightly armed force trying to press through a choke point into a fortified enemy position wasn't going to work no matter how high their morale was. We weren't prepared for just how hard it failed though. The cultists had not only set up a very nice kill zone at the single entry point into their cargo bay, they had also set up all sorts of runes and circles in the kill zone. The wave of bodies attacked, r- attack resulted in a lot of, whole lot of people dying right on top of those runes, which immediately started glowing and doing warpy stuff. By the time the mob lost heart and started to retreat, the cargo bay was pack- practically filled with lesser demons. So we took the reverse and the flow of our bodies as our cue to move forward and lay down some covering fire.
0: Luckily, the demons were equal opportunity warp monsters. They spent as much time attacking each other and the cultists as chasing down the last of our pilgrim mob and its two erstwhile leaders. Between the demons' lack of coordination and our covering fire, the two nutters managed to hobble most of the way back to our position. Most of us wanted to leave them there, but Doc sprinted out and dragged them the rest of the way to our lines and back to the hospitalers. Between the two of them, they had about three functional limbs, and Doc spent the next few hours with the sisters patching them up. At this point, Sarge reassumed command and decided that containment and waiting for reinforcements was the best of the available options. As we all fell back around the corner, set up a barricade in heavy stubber, then settled in for the long haul. After a while, the demons ran out of cultists to eat and started to poke their noses around the corner, and we were promptly shooting them in the face. This was old hat for us, really. We could defend a barricade in our sleep, literally in Heavy's case. And after a few initial rushes, the demons didn't really seem that keen on leaving their cargo bay. We all fell into our usual roles and routines from the guard. Twitch stared at the edge of the kill zone, and fired whenever he thought something might be moving, while Heavy went to sleep, sitting up with his eyes open, finger on the trigger. Behind the barricade, Sarge went around, yelling at people and worrying. Nubby went off to acquire supplies, and Doc made eyes at one of the Hospitallers while they were both elbow deep in the cleric's guts. You know what, this sounds like a campaign we would be in.
2: Yeah. <clears throat> After a few hours of light trench duty, which had actually been nice, all things considered, our backup arrived. The second interrogator's team, who had been doing Emperor Knows what, what all this time, showed up at our barricade, and Sarge explained the situation. Once again, command was handed off, but luckily the new interrogator decided to leave Sarge in charge of the barricade, while he went to talk with the captain and convince him not to just void our section of the ship. Our little troop had been reinforced to ten guardsmen, two psychers, and another damn cleric, so Sarge decided it was time to be proactive. So i supposed to happy to have another cleric around and of us want anything to do with the two psychers. So the cleric was put in charge of keeping them as far away from us as possible. I would like That's to make a ca- prediction. Yes. Okay.
1: At minimum, one of the psykers is going to explode.
2: Probably. Probably.
1: Just a guess. I don't actually know.
2: Planet attack of was quickly formed. A pair of grenade launcher were scrounged up from the, the other team's arsenal and collection. We started walking up a barrage up the hallway and slowly advance our entire barricade until it was in the edge of the cargo bay. This wasn't exactly the fastest way to clear out the daemon infestation, but it was definitely the safest. Not a single one of them managed to get within biting range of us. Once we were at the edge of the bay, we sat there and shot nades into it until we ran out, which was which took quite a while since Nubby could acquire a surprisingly large amount of this stuff. Eventually, the launchers ran dry, and it was time to clear out the cargo bay by the old-fashioned way but the nades had done their job wonderfully. There wasn't really any cover left in the bay at all, so as long as we advanced slowly and carefully, it was pretty easy to mow down the few remaining daemons before they got close. All in all, it went pretty well, except for the big glowing shield thing at the back of the bay.
1: The shield was big and glowy and evil-looking. We could sort of make out the remaining cultists inside of it doing cultisty things, but we had no desire to get close to it. Quite aside from its appearance, there were quite a few corpses near it, Quite aside, that's a weird way to say it. There are quite a few corpses near it that looked like they had been turned inside out. we scientifically examined the shields for a while, which is to say, we shot it with every type of weapon we had sitting around, but nothing even dented it. Eventually, we gave up and Sarge Vox, the replacement interrogator, and the two adepts with him to- for advice. We got a long winded explanation that included a lot of terms like. Ritual entropic shield and drawing power directly from the warp and energy based demonic life, demonic life form, and attempt to physically resonate with then overwhelm the field, which boiled down go get the psychers to poke at it. This was not the solution we were hoping for. We had all heard stories about psychers and had encountered a few chaos witches during one of our deployments, so none of us had any desire to be near our two psychers when they attempted to crack open the shield. With the exception of Sarge, the cleric, and the other squad leaders, we all fell back as far as we could and got ready for the shitstorm. It didn't take long. Within a few seconds of the psychers walking walking towards the shield and Getting all glowy. Everything went wrong. The first Psyker started screaming and was suddenly surrounded by a torrential downpour of blood. Then the second Psyker started growing wings and horns. We all promptly opened fire on the possessed Psyker and quickly reduced him to a thoroughly charred corpse. While Sarge decked the first Psyker and dragged him back to our barricade. Since one Psyker was unconscious, the other one was a pile of smoking ashes. We decided that it was probably time to figure out our own solution to the problem. Our... Well, I was wrong...
0: Yeah, he didn't. Well, I mean, he got shot. He was like halfway. He got halfway. disintegrated, but he yeah. didn't
1: explode. If it was a bolter, I would have counted it.
0: <clears throat> Our experiments had established that las fire and grenades didn't do much to the shield, but since we were guardsmen, we felt sure enough are sure that enough faith and firepower could solve anything. We set up positions around the shield and started continuously plinking LADS fire into it. Because when you have a fusion reactor to recharge your cells from, you might as well lay down some indiscriminate suppressive fire. While we held the fort, Nubby and the cleric were sent to acquire as many explosives, holy artifacts, and priests as possible. While they were out scrounging... Twitch made a very good argument for setting up a blast shield. We voxed the Cogboy and his buddies, who were still under siege, asked them to send down some servitors with big ol' metal shittabing crates, and then we built a big-ass wall around the shield. When the supply run was finished and the blast shield was in place, we more or less just dumped as many wheelbarrows filled with holy symbols into the walled area, along with several barrels of Prometheum. We got a lot more of the stuff than we expected. It turns out that we're going to use it to blow up some heretics is a very persuasive argument. After that, we got the priests to bless every single explosive we could find. We weren't sure it would help, but it certainly wouldn't hurt, and it made them feel very useful we tossed the holy munitions into the blast area as well and had Twitch set up the detonators. Then we got back as far as we could, started a 10 second timer on the explosives, and ran like hell. You know, know, that probably was the most fun that the Emperor ever had with helping with anything, if it did help.
1: (laughs) The Emperor was like, yeah, I'll throw them a bone. As long as I get my thousand psychers or 10,000 psychers, (laughs) however many it is. I mean, he got one of them.
0: You got one. (laughs) Serge?
2: Alright. Yes. None of of us were really sure if the holy shrapnel helped at all. But when we came back, there was nothing left of the cultists and their shield except a glowing puddle of molten metal and a series of dents in the walls that no amount of buffing would ever remove. At this point, Sarge declared victory. And we all went to get a snack, a nap, and a cup of Recaf. After that was done, we decided it was time to retrieve the rest of our team and get the hell out of the ship before any of us uh anyone else tried to get us all killed. We secured the boss from the ship's brig by turning up the cleanup investigation over to the second interrogator and promising to never bring our boss back with the ship. Ever. While he was escorted to the shuttle, we chatted with some of the priests who helped us make our giant holy hand grenade and got them to smooth things over well enough for us to get our adept and cog boy back. Finally, we got our sister and cleric deposited in our shuttle's infirmary where they would stay until we handed them off to Oak's doctors for a complete set of aug medics. Then we went out and got drunk. We enjoyed a night of drinking with our friends from the other team as well as a few more helpful pilgrim priests and our surviving nerds. The high point of all this was us giving Doc shit for being hung up on one of the hospitalers then hauling his drunk ass down to their enclave and getting him to declare his undying love for her and her dexterous hands and perfect stitching. We dragged him away before he could devolve into sloppy poetry, piled into our shuttle, and called it a night. By the time we all woke back up, we were docked with another Navy transport and on our way back to the ISS Pokemon Center. The
1: trip back was... Almost exactly the same as the trip out, except we hung out with the Cogboy a little more and Doc was kept busy. The tech priest had been damn bi- damn handy working with the ship's admec and handling our communications. So we were promote- So we we were promoted him to the rank of cog bro and he was welcome in our quarters. Doc had a pretty successful trip. Stressful trip. Doc had a pretty stressful trip. It was his job to keep the sister and cleric alive until they could be handed off to oak's medical teams but he'd never had proper medical training just a crash course in field aid and meatball surgery the ship's surgeons could have helped but the interrogator refused to ask captain for their help for some reason i wonder why so doc cracked open his medical books and did the best he could they lived mostly we finally got back to the inquisitor's ship when we finally got back to the Inquisitor's ship, we immediately went out and found the other survivors from our regiment. We all swapped tales of incompetent superiors, insane teammates, horrific, horrific enemies, and intense boredom until word came down that our interrogator was being praised for his success and would be elevated to full Inquisitor. Everyone had a good laugh about this, and we joked that, about where he'd find himself in prison next, right up until we got word that he was looking for us with the intent to, to add our squad to his new retinue. We spent the next week or so hiding with the Cogbro in the bowels of the ship while all our buddies made up wild and conflicting stories about our untimely death, reassignment to a penal legion, imprisonment by the Ordos Hereticus, induction into the Astartes, and so on. Eventually he left along with the surviving Adept, as well as a sister in the Cleric, both of whom had more metal in them than the average tech priest. By this point, we all breathed the heavy sigh of relief and returned to our regiment's little camp.
0: Wait, I thought sisters couldn't be augmented. I thought they're just normal humans.
1: Who said that? They're already augmented. I thought they were. This is a battle. Are augmented?
0: I thought they just wore power armor.
2: Uh, I, I, no, I mean, they, they can be. They come
1: can. with a shit ton of drugs to make them yeah. super soldiers. Just like, not like yeah, Space they... Marines.
0: But like more metal in them than the average tech, like, did they get? I mean,
1: if, okay, if you lose half your body in a battle and then they replace that half a body with mechanical parts. Okay,
0: I, I guess I'd with... that part.
1: Think about, was it high Fleet Behemoth that attacked Ultramar, Sergio? Do you know? Yes. Where um, Marnius Calgar lost all of his limbs and got them replaced with power fists and robot legs.
0: Right, and I I know that, but I thought the thing with the sisters, I thought that they were talking about just augmenting her to just have her be augmented. I'd missed the part where that she'd gotten like, where that she needed to get the robot parts on. Um, yeah. Like, I thought with the sisters, though, generally, they don't allow augments. Generally, no, they do okay the
1: The emperor is the omnisaya. don't forget that
2: well yeah, so, yeah we're August, talking about like 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 are... like medi- medical and mechanical augments and not like turning you into a 10 foot god man mm-hmm. with 20 different extra organs
1: the omnisaya blesses augments which means the emperor blesses augments which means it's okay
0: Okay, because they just—they always look at space marines like they're fucking weirdos.
1: I mean, they are. Right. <clears throat> All right. So, of battle, are the closest to human you can be as a crazy super soldier person.
0: Yes. Bender is on the left here. Impact font. Yep. We're screwed. After a few weeks of R&R, or as close as you can get on an Inquisition battleship, a runner came down and told us we were being assigned to a new team under interrogator such-and-such, and, such, and we were to report to our shuttle immediately. With a weary sigh, we packed up our bags to, or overloaded, wheelbarrow in Nubby's case and headed out to our transport. When we got to the shuttle, the pilot helpfully informed us that the interrogator, his two assistants, and his three psychers were already aboard, Twitch and Nubby both tried to run, but the shuttle's hatch had already been closed. Twitch and Nubby were retrieved, and we all moved on to the main seating area of the shuttle. We were greeted by our new interrogator and introduced to our new teammates, one of whom was giggling and chewing on a sheet cushion. Not sheet, seat cushion. As we stared in horror, the interrogator gave us a quick briefing, explaining that we had been assigned to go find out why a world hadn't been supplying psychers to the black ships. We did not have a good feeling about this.
1: The black ships are the ships that they use to transport psychers to the uh, Skola Progenium.
0: Nice, I think it's uh... a big
1: it's it's a big uh psychic negation building. If you survive the ship, you have a good chance of becoming a psyker. because, like,
0: you didn't explode,
1: sister. Yeah, like Sisters of Silence and like that that kind of like psychic negation shit literally makes psychers like either go insane and kill themselves or explode. Damn, but yeah, um, uh, let's stop it. Let's stop it there. We call yeah, we calling it there, Sergio. Do you feel like calling it there? Yeah, yeah. So all that right. was the all guardsman party. I'm gonna put Something that the fix actually to be good for
2: once.
0: Very good. I, I quite enjoyed this. Um, we
2: definitely should come back to this.
0: Yes, foreshadowing for the next chapter is dude, where's my psyker? Very fun. Uh, go ahead and discuss for one second. I got to talk for a little bit off mic.
2: Um, I liked it. Like I mentioned before, it feels like a like a war journal. It reminds me a lot of those like uh the narrations of Star Wars Battlefront Two, the good one on the original mm-hmm. Xbox, PS Two, and uh personal computer. I like it because it's like
1: uh what's the word I'm looking for? Those kind of games are. In fact, like like tabletop games of of existing universes, I'd say those count as fan fiction because yes. they are they are fan they are fiction and you are a fan and you are creating them. You're creating a story. You're not writing the story so much as you're letting the players dictate the story that you're writing. But I, I, you know, if it looks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I enjoy it. I think it's really fun. Um, I like it because it's. It feels like an authentic. It could be made up. I don't know if it's true. I don't well, this know if it's a this real story. too detailed. It seems like it seems like a, way, a real it's too story. Much,
0: it's too much like a tabletop to not be not be true. And there's a lot if here. It,
1: if anyone's been in a in a decently long running campaign, you know, this feels legit. <laughs> like.
0: Yeah, this feels a lot like how we would play a campaign
1: like this. Mm-hmm. Especially, they say at the beginning that they were they were they knew each other from campaigns pre of like a multi year D anD D thing, and you can really tell because from the way they explain it, maybe they're maybe they're like leaving out details that make it like seem more coherent. But it seems like they role play off each other really well, which is something that even we who've been playing D&D with each other for a while sometimes have trouble doing. Yeah. But I think that's just more um, just us.
0: Then, the way that we run our campaigns, we don't have like long campaigns. We have like three hour sessions at the longest. A lot uh. of people who like really play tabletops, they have four hours as like their average or even their minimum as far as session. I
1: would like to do like sometime just a really long like have like if we could all set aside a weekend just like bang out a bunch of just one long campaign i think that would be fun if we could like do it in person especially
0: i think that would be very fun yep
1: especially something like this
0: yeah i think um the idea behind this is great the the inspiration uh, behind it is really wonderful I think mm-hmm. um, the way that this was set up, though, is very clearly these guys know each other super well. They've already done a shit ton of stuff together. And this was an attempt to really shake it up a little bit, because as with how mm-hmm. we run campaigns, it would be a lot to have the DM just set up an entire mini campaign to make our backstories mm-hmm. for the characters. That is yeah. a lot. I mean, we've we've had flubbed campaigns that probably lasted less time than that mini-campaign took to set up their main Dark Heresy characters. Yeah. I I enjoyed it. I think I enjoyed it quite a bit, too. It was very fun. Anyways, I think that's it.
1: Yeah,
2: we'll probably read this again.
0: Yep, I want to. It's fun. Me too.